everything. When you think about it a little bit, we understand, we start to see questions which we need to try and understand a little bit more what's going on. Mordechai finds out about the Gzera. Mordechai finds out, finds out about the Homan's decree and he raises a cry. And he sends a message to Queen Esther. And he sends a message to Queen Esther and he says to her, Go to the king to intercede on behalf of the Jewish people. Which we understand. She's in the position to do that. So we understand why he's asking that. But Esther's response to Mordechai is very logical. Esther's response to Mordechai is, firstly, it's against the law. So going to the king without, a, without an invitation, I'm risking my life. Everybody knows that anybody who goes into the throne without an invitation, he's going to get killed on the spot. And says Esther, so therefore why should I do something which is risking my life? And besides for that, we have time. We have time. This glare is only meant to come into effect in a year from now. And I'm sure at some stage the king is going to call me. If I need only Christ to live on my left, it's only 30 days. And the king hasn't, hasn't seen me, so I assume at some stage he's going to want me. And if that's the case, then I have the opportunity to ask. At some stage she'll want me, and then I can ask. And there's a whole year until this clear takes effect. There's a whole year until this clear takes effect. So if, if we look at Esther's position, it looks very logical. And she's agreeing to what Mordechai wanted to do. She just said, you know, I'll, I'll wait for the opportune moment. I'll wait for the time when it's the right time to ask. And more, I'll wait when the king wants me, because then he'll be more willing to, so to speak, do what I want from him. And yet, Mordechai's answer is very severe. Mordechai says to her, Don't think you're going to save yourself from the fate of other Jews because you're in the palace. And if you're not going to do that, you should know. You're going to get killed. Everyone else will be saved. And who knows, maybe this is the reason you became the queen. And the first child we want to ask is, what did Esther do was so bad that she deserved a uh, she deserves such a response. What she says makes sense to us. So Mordechai can argue. And Mordechai has to explain why he's arguing. We understand that what you're saying. But we definitely don't understand why it needed such a severe answer. That's the first question. The second question I want to ask. So the Shaila was why it's so severe? Or the Shaila was that it wasn't... Question. So now the, when, okay, so Esther gets an answer. Okay. She accepts it. Fine, she's going to go to the king. But then she says to him, and fast for me for three days and three nights. And then I'll go to the king. Now, this is the next question. The whole idea of the fast was Esther's idea. And the whole idea of the fast, if you look carefully at the words, was to fast for her. To fast for her. But sumo alive. You're fasting for me that I'll be successful in this mission. Now, the obvious question is here. Why did Mordechai think about that? You want to, you want to get Tchosim, you have a Gzaira. So then Mordechai should have been the one to suggest the three-day fast. Mordechai should have been the one that cries, oh, let's do Tchosim. Let's, let's work on the fixing the matzah. 
Why does that come from Esther? And even when it did come from Esther, and this is the deal which a lot of people don't see, the fast wasn't for themselves. The fast was for her. You're fasting for me. More than that, it wasn't the right time to fast. The fast was Yudad and Nisan, Tesfah of Nisan, Design Nisan, which means Pesach. First day Pesach they were fasting. And this is Vayav or Madachai, like the Gemara says, he was over in the Alacha. He was told him not to eat Maxi that year. We fasted. How could you do that? How could you do that? How could you be a Mabatla Alacha? So there's two different Malachim in the Parsha. The one is Kuach Nefesh, that's what the Gemara says, that if they're not eating, no one's going to eat Maxi. Which means it goes back to the original question, that what was the urgency? It has to be done right now. We have a whole year until this Gazera is going to get uh, come into effect. You can do lots of days to fast, which aren't going against the times when a person will have to eat. But no. But uh, Malachi Esther has to go now, and if, that, if in order for her to go, we need three day fast, we're doing the three day fast right now. So some those are the questions. Those are the questions. Again, firstly, what was the exchange between Malachi and Esther? What was the discussion between them about when to go to the king and that she has to go right now? And secondly, why didn't Mordechai think of the Eitzah, uh, the fast? Now, even when Esther thinks of it, it wasn't for them, it was for her. What was the, the, the normal mahalach when a person is in Klayashal's Bitsar, we have it for ourselves, we have it for each other. So, we're going to explore two, two points in the Megillah in a little more in detail to see the, the answer here. The first point. Let's go back to Perik Basin again. Let's go back to the story of Esther becoming the queen. Now, this was a number of years earlier. That was after the, that was Esther was taken to the palace after the story of Vashti, which was in the third year of Achashverosh's reign, and now we're holding about the tenth year already. In the seventh year she became the queen, but there were a number of years in between. And by all the rules, Esther shouldn't have been chosen as the queen. She didn't have been chosen the queen. For a number of reasons. Number one, Achishverosh is looking for Basilis. Like the Apostle says clearly, the Eagles are called Naira Basila. And Esther, points to the Gemara, was already married to Mordechai. So she wouldn't have been fitted into the acceptance category. Number one. Number two, the, like the Gemara tells us, that Esther was not necessarily the most beautiful of all the ladies who were there. She was no seschein. The king found favor in her, but it wasn't, a, she wasn't, it wasn't a given that she was going to be the one to be chosen. Number three, she refused any of the treatments which would make her more beautiful. Like the Pasuk says, it's just, whatever she wasn't forced to take, she didn't. So she wasn't trying to promote herself in any way. And number four, this may be the most interesting one, she wasn't a good wife. She wouldn't talk to her when you ask Esther, who are you? Esther, what's your name? Where are you from? So, Esther, just tell me a little, nah, your history, something about you, where you... Achshavosh went crazy, like the Apostle says. He went on, what did I do about it? She won't talk to me. So, that's it was, talk to for somebody else. Well, you cover it, so that it's shameless. So they brought all the girls back again, we'll find a different queen. But no, you can find a better queen. He stayed with Esther, even though... She wasn't talking to him. He said it, but the Nakoda is, it, it doesn't make sense. If, if he wasn't, wasn't happy about it, why do you keep it? So what does Mordechai say in all of this? Years back already. Years back. What Mordechai sees in this is that there's obviously some reason Esther has to be queen. I would say a step more than that. 
the Chai, that's why, why the Chai was being menachem himself all those years. Like, why did this have to happen to me? Why should it be that Esther gets taken to the palace and for years she's stuck in the harem and obviously becomes a queen? What's the reason that Kodesh Baruch is doing this? So Mordechai Merosh was thinking there must be a Kodesh Baruch is planning something. There has to be a reason why he's putting Esther into the palace. That was the machshav that he always had. That remember Esther became the queen before him. Before the story, before Haman came to power. So for years, Mordechai has in his mind, there must be a reason why Kodesh Baruch is doing this. It doesn't make sense otherwise. It says there shouldn't be that a Russia can subjugate the Tzadik. In the case of Achashverosh, the Russia, he shouldn't be able to, I guess, this is why. And therefore, what's in Mordechai's mind from the beginning is there must be a reason why Esther became the queen. Therefore, when Haman's Gzera becomes known, Mordechai's first reaction is, now I understand. Now I understand in retrospect why Esther had to be in the palace. Because now this is her opportunity to use her position as the queen to help Klai Yisrael. And that's what he tells her. He says, you're in the position, you can go to the king, go talk to the king. To save Klai Yisrael. Esther's response is, I'm happy to do it, but wait for the right time. Wait for the time when he's, when he's receptive, wait for the time when I'm not breaking any laws, when he wants me. Why, not, why right now? And that's not something I want And if that's the case, we're learning your side from here. I'll bring it right to other places also. We're learning your side. And that is, what Esther was saying is very logical if you're talking about what's the right Ishtadlus to do in a certain situation. So if you ask me to go into Ishtadlus, so then what's the logical way to do it or the right time to do it, then I can think about these things. But if I can see that a nace is happening, if I can see that something is happening, Shulaykatarechatab. Something is happening now, Kaddish Baruch is orchestrating it. If that's the case, it's a mistake to ask questions. Because if our Kaddish Baruch is setting it up for a certain result, then I know that it's going to happen. It's not that it's telling how on my diplomacy or when I decide the right time to do it. I, I, I see my rush. Our Kaddish Baruch is bring, bringing it to this point. And if that's the case, what's happening is not going to work. If Esther's been put in the palace seven years before, and then she's been waiting for this, this is the sign. This is the time. Now now's the chance to stand up for Kaddish so what, you, you think the king is going to kill you? Then what is the point of the whole operation? And therefore, Mordechai says to her, This was, it's not that if you, if you don't play your cards right, you're going to get killed. That's a good question. If you think it right now, in a regular situation, what's the right thing for me to do? But Zemrach, has been planning this for years already. That's what you're doing in the palace. So what, you have a habit, you come to the king when you're not meant to come, he's going to kill you? No, that's what you came for. And that's the Yisrael we find other places also. When you see a Kaddish Baruch is doing something with his cheshpun, so you don't have to make a cheshpun of al pi man what's the right thing. When we don't know, it's a different cheshpun. When you see that this has been orchestrated with Minash so then Adab, a Kaddish Baruch is going to make it work. That's what he's doing it for. That's, that, that, we'll build it better, you'll understand it better. Let's just go back. Let's just take the Yisrael first. That's the first one. And that's what he tells her. He says you should know that the reason, it wasn't just he's coming to so to speak, attack her, like I said before. He was coming to tell her why her cheshpun is wrong. And that is, you must understand, if this is what the, if this is what HaKadosh Baruch has been priming you for for so long, this is the situation Hashem has been putting you in, so then it must be you guys going to work. We don't look at what's the right or the wrong way to do it. If you, you don't so want to get too digressed. Like it's, it's not the time to be married. We're going to similar example of this, the same principle in play is the story of David when he went to find Goliath. Because the same thing, Alpi Tevel was a stupid thing to do. 
But David and Shaul asks him, why do you think you're going to fight with God? Yes, so Peter, there's no chance you're going to win. And David says, Hashem's been priming me for this. But he's not waiting. This was an Now, let's, let's, let's first look at something else and we'll understand this point better too. There's another Nekodim. I want to point out first uh, a very interesting thing in the again. And that is, we spoke about this one time before, and that is, at what stage the Homan was super successful. He was the Prime Minister, everybody bowed down to him, he was incredibly wealthy. He even got the king to go with his Zaira and everyone was willing to kill the Jews, whatever he wanted he got. And he got forth the players, like he said himself, I have everything I want. At what stage did Homan start losing? At what stage did Homan go wrong? Did he start to fall in the point? It's the first in the Megiddo. You find in front of him. And look at the interesting thing Rabbi said. When Haman took on Klai Yisrael, Haman was successful. When Haman wants to make a Gezerah, the entire Jewish people, Haman was successful. He got away with it. The Gezerah went. When Haman decides he wants to hang one person, Mordechai, that's when everything goes wrong. From the starting point. When he came to tell the king about hanging Mordechai, that's when he ended up leading Mordechai through the streets. And the galleys were for Mordechai, became the galleys for him. What changed? What changed? The whole Jewish people, yes, and Mordechai, no. And here we come to you, so Godel in the Megiddo. The second of the three things I want to get to tonight. And that is, there was a certain Xerim in Hashemayim over here. There was a certain Xerim in Hashemayim. Klai Yisrael deserved to be destroyed. And Homan understood that. And therefore, Homan had a certain Koyach. Because what he wanted to do, the Esim and Hashemayim, they were going to agree with him. What was the reason? What was the reason? Like the Gemara says again, what was the reason that Klai deserved to be destroyed? The Gemara says, Now, what was so bad about that? Let's think about it. Achashverosh's Soda was to celebrate 70 years had passed and the Mishra wasn't rebuilt. So the Nevoah didn't happen, and now the Bashmir is not coming back again. Ah, that's the reason for a party. We're going to celebrate that the Bashmir is not being rebuilt. And Klai Yisrael came to join that party. Think for a second. Can there be a bigger slap in the face to Hashem? We're celebrating this noble base of Mikdash. She's not going to be a Go'ula. And Klai Yisrael participating in such a thing. That's a tremendous Chilol Hashem. That's a tremendous Chilol Hashem. And all the Jews went. And all the Jews went. What, what more can be Chilol Hashem than we're celebrating there's not going to be a Mikdash? For 180 days he celebrated that? <laughs> There was a time of Chilol Hashem. Now, we know, and we know an amazing thing. We know that when it comes to Chilol Hashem, like the Gemara says, I feel a tshuva and Yom Kippur and Yisurim aren't mechaper. Shneimar im yechaper over in the Am Azeh ad to Muslim. The only thing which is a kapar of Chilol Hashem is missing. And if that's the case, if there was a time on Klai Yisrael for Chilol Hashem, if the time Klai Yisrael for Chilol Hashem, then there isn't an Eitzah. Eitzah Muslim. Eitzah Muslim. Now, Homer was a clever man. When it comes to the party of Achashverosh, right at the beginning, right at the beginning, so it says, Lass is Kirtzayn Ish for Ish. Achashverosh made the party Kirtzayn Ish for Ish. Who's the Ish for Ish? Says the Midrash. There's one Ish. Ish Tzar Vayr is Homer. The other was Ish Yehudi. Mardachai and Homer were both, the king made the party Kirtzayn both of them. What does it mean? What did Mardachai and Haman both agree on? When Achashverosh made the party, he made it with kosher food. Not only that, 
he had Jews serving the wine. So it shouldn't be a problem of going touching the wine. And who wanted that? Haman wanted it also. Because Haman was very proud of the Jews coming to this party. And the reason? Again, Haman wasn't a fool. Because he also understood that if the Jews participate in the party, it's going to be a tremendous of Hashem, which will give him a certain kayak, so to speak, because they'll be exaggerated against him. Mordechai didn't want the Jews to go to the party, but he was the only one who didn't go. And therefore, once, the, once there's a gzera of Chil Hashem, once there's a gzera of Chil Hashem against Tla Yisrael, then there's a the Muslim. There isn't a kapara of Chil Hashem. And if that's the case, when Haman wants to make a gzera against Tla Yisrael, it could, it could work. It could work. In the Hashem there was a time on it. There was a mock of that gzera to work. So what undid that gzera? What under the Gezer? This is an amazing thing. Mordechai himself. Because there was no Gezer in Mordechai. If it's Haman versus Kali Yisrael, just Mordechai happens to be part of Kali Yisrael, well, Kali Yisrael is Chai Hukil Hashem. But if it's one on one, Haman against Mordechai, Mordechai doesn't do anything, didn't do anything wrong. He doesn't deserve to get punished. And if that's the case, if it's going to be one on one, Mordechai versus Haman, then Haman has no Chayach over Mordechai. And that's what, that's what you see happen. That's what we see happens. The Rega Homan decides to go for Mordechai as an individual rather than as a Chayyot of Kaisra, that's the Homan fault. And look at the Nusach of the Pasuk, the accuracy of it. Mordechai Asher Chayyot in Paul Lefonov. If you fail to Mordechai, you're not going to be Matzlech. Because you don't have anything of a Mordechai. We can start to take this a step further. And that is, the Amos Kaisra had a sign on Mordechai. You don't want to value the Homan, stay at home. Why are you? Flaunting it. Why are you sitting by the king's gate that he keeps walking in and out past you and you daft you're not going to bow down? What are you trying to do that for? But if you don't want to bow down, don't bow Stay home. You will notice it. Now, there's a certain element here that Mordechai Dafka wanted to do that because he wanted to make Homan attack him. Because he knew that he tied Shal Dana From the beginning, he knew that tied Shal a high player from the story of the city. Him being included as a member of Kaisal wouldn't have been enough? No. Because of the Xerah Because what? It was a Xerah and the Tzibur. The Tzibur were Chayef. But as an individual, he wasn't. This is the word of the Gemara that, and the Mephoshim says an interesting point, but the Gemara says first, that the Klaish will say at the time, This is all Mordechai's fault. This whole Xerah and everything is all Mordechai's fault. He antagonized Haman, and because of that we are in trouble, and I didn't hack that that was actually the Hatzalah. That was actually that salah. Because when Mordechai managed to get Haman angry enough to try and kill him, that's how Haman fell. They said this on the on the vote of the person doesn't know between Baruch Mordechai or not. Because at the time they weren't saying Baruch Mordechai, exactly the opposite. They were blaming Mordechai for the whole situation they were in. It was only afterwards that they thought that there was actually Mordechai was the one who worked to save them. He wasn't the cause of the problem, he was the cause of the solution. But because of this, he said, Now, now, I'll tell you why Haman was a Fakhr. Besides the fact he was Mashal Klai Yisrael, the Chathila, and then afterwards came to be, so to speak, to be Makatrik and, and, and try to kill them. But there's another point too also. And that is, the Gemara says, it's brought down the Chavis Al-Babas, that it's true that Tshuva doesn't work for Chil Hashem. Tshuva, Yisurim, Kippur don't work, only Mesa works for Chil Hashem, that's true. But they say, but there's another Maile, Tshuva Me'ava. Tshuva Me'ava can work for Chil Hashem also. 
But the problem was, it wasn't Shaykh over here. Because Berega Homer made his Xera. So now if it's going to be Chiv, it's because of the Xera. So you force it into Chiv Meira. Because uh, we have a problem. We have a problem that we're we, 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 staring at extinction. We're going to be destroyed. We can transcend that. Not when you feel the Xera. Right now, there's, a, there's, a, there's an immediate year that a person has that we see that this is going to be going to get punished. And if that's the case, Shiva is not going to help. Because Shiva is going to be a Shiva year, and of course, that's not what the Gemara says. G'day Asara Satabas of Haman, that of course, Kla Israel, we see we're going to die. So it makes him do Shiva, but that's not going to work because it's Shiva year. And Shiva year doesn't help a Chilvashim. Now, this is the This answers the second question before. That's why Mordechai's original approach wasn't to try and get Klai Yisrael to the Chiv. Because what's it going to help? He also knew that the problem was Chidol Hashem. He also knew the problem was Chidol Hashem. And, uh, and Mimele, the, the, the Chiv isn't going to be enough to take away the exam. You know, the story they say that one year, Chaim Vedajna, a poor man came to him for him and uh, told him, I want to live, I think, Shalachman is what I said, I don't want to get me exactly. So this poor man told him, I want to tell you a nice chat in the Megillah. He says, it says in the Nash Megillah that about the Ksav of Haman, the, the Kri of Haman, which is Nitin Le'abdom. So, you know, the, the, on the post, the 10 post, it says that Marcha Yodah's question, now I saw, and he knew that the Gzair Haman made here was the same Gzair that was in Shemayim. It was the same Gzair in Shemayim that, uh, that Klai shall deserve to be destroyed. So what's it was Nitin Le'abdom? So that's only told the Chaim Vedajna that that it was you can read the Abdom as Loi Bedom. The decree was written in Shemayim but it hadn't been sealed yet. And that's the case. Mordechai knew there was something he could do. The decree was there, the Gzaria was there, but it wasn't that there was nowhere else. There was something to be done. So that's why there was, he still felt we can try. We can try some other route because even though the, the reason for the Gzaria is there, Klai shall deserve it, but it's not final. When the decree is sealed, then it's nothing to do. It's not final. It's deserved, but there's, some, there's a way out. Just to finish the story, the story goes, Muhammad doesn't really like this chat. So later on, when he went to the Vilnagon, his Rebbe, so he told him about the chat that he heard from Ali that morning. So the Vilnagon told him that Ali was Ali and Ali. And that he was the one who came to tell Mordechai that same point. The Maidra said that Ali came to tell Mordechai that the priest is not final. He's still welcome to. Interesting, it's nice of the villain. But anyway, whatever the whatever the case is, what was missing? What if there's if Taka they were Chayim Chilul Hashem, they were Chayim Chilul Hashem, and if that's the case, so the Gzair is there. So what was what did Mordechai think the solution was going to be? So he thought the solution, what he did, is Amachai. Maybe maybe it's part of Klai Yisrael. But if Haman will eat, will go for somebody who doesn't deserve it, so then Haman doesn't have a schos over that person as an individual. Mordechai thought. That's what Esther's going to do also. Esther also wasn't part of the party. Of course, unless she was married to Mordechai, she didn't go either. And if that's the case, she's also not chayv in the chil of Hashem. So if that's the case, Mordechai says to Esther, you're in the position to bring down Haman. Because what's going to happen? It's going to be you against Haman in the king's palace. But you're, you, there's no, Haman doesn't have a taina over you as an individual. Haman has a taina of a Kali Yisrael. If, it's go, if you're going to bring the stage where it's you versus Haman, then you'll, then you'll win also what Mordechai wanted Esther to do. And I look at something, and there's something amazing here. You know, something that you have to think about in Megillah. And that is, what happened at the party makes absolutely no sense. Because even if Esther gets up and says, 
king saved my life. Someone wants to kill me. He wants to kill you. Isha Raza. This homo. Now, I'll, I'll come to the duke in a minute because there's a, a deeper point in the duke. But just, at this, this point first. So there's a very simple answer. So the king will say, don't worry, Esther, you, you're not included in the exam. We'll make a special exception for you. And even if you're going to have a title, but why did he want to kill me? Homo could turn around and say, I never knew you were Jewish. The king also didn't know she was Jewish, so what do you want from me? Well, no one had any tiny to try to kill the queen. And why in the world do you kill Homer for that? It's not such a, you know, if you look at it in terms of Esther, Homer didn't do so much wrong. But look at the interesting thing. Esther the Esther tried both. She says both. She says, Tinasini nafshi v'shalasi v'amu v'akashasi. She asks for herself and she asks for her people. And look what happens. The people get forgotten about completely. Forgotten about that. She's interested in who wants to fight with Esther. And what brings Haman down is when the king says, It was all Esther. Forget about Amir Vakashasi. The king didn't even, wasn't Misiachta Kikla. And the king didn't say, Clay Yisrael didn't deserve it. What Mordechai wanted is that Esther should be the one to fight. There's going to be a showdown between Esther and Haman. Haman is not supposed to have Esther. Haman is not supposed to have him either. And that's what brought down Haman. The two of them. In each, both cases, that's an interesting thing. The Gemara and Megiddah, just before it starts the whole circle going through the stories of the Megiddah, the Gemara is an interesting discussion. The Gemara says, Is it mutter the Hiskaris Burishoy and Vodamazin? Is it mutter for me to take on the Russia, to try head to head with the Russia in this world or not? Gemara's Kasha. And the Gemara's Moskona, it's starting in the Gemara, it's And the Gemara says, The answer is, If it's a Tzadik Gomer, he can do it. If he's not, he can't. That's Mordechai and Esther. They were trying to miscarry Bahaman. They were trying to find an opportunity to take on Haman because they knew that they were in a position that if they would get Haman to try and fight them as an individual, they would be able to win. That, that was what they saw the Hatzalah as being. That was what they saw the Hatzalah as being because they knew that Kai Yisrael didn't have anything else. And Imela, Mordechai Badakh were trying to incite Haman by not bowing down to him, which in the end it worked. Esther Badakh were bringing Haman to the party. They were trying to look for a way to take on home in front of the king. It was the same idea. Because they thought that they, if it would be against them, they would have this question. So why tackle the takeaway of They had to come back a second time to deal with Xerah. Yeah. This was to deal with Homer. And Homer fell because Kenega decided he was greater than him. He had nothing to do. And now I now you come to the third point. And this is the, maybe the Chiddush, which comes out of both these points together. You know, just to finish that idea. Therefore, when Esther says, get the Jewish people to daven for me, not for them, she understood where Mordechai is coming from, but at least they can daven for me, because I can be Mitzvah. Fine. So Mordechai agrees, that's when he gets the Jewish people to daven for three days. But now there's another point here. And this is the Chiddush of Megiddo's Esther. The Chiddush which perhaps even Homer for sure didn't know. This was the prat in the story he didn't understand. I would even venture to say, I'm not sure Mordechai and Esther and Mirosh understood this Nakoda. But there's something deeper in here. There was another Mahalach in Shemayim also. And that is like this. The Rambam writes in his Akdama to the Yara Chazaka that Rabbana don't stop admittance to the Torah. It's not the way Rabbana do things. So why when it comes to Purim, Rabbana make a new mitzvah? It's a new mitzvah. It's not like Mukta which is added to Shabbos or something which is added as, as a Gehera. A new thing altogether, Purim. Why do Rabbana do that? Says the Rambam, listen to the Rambam's words. The Rambam says, B'tiknu Purim, L'lamedcha. Teach you. That what the Torah says is true, what the Torah says. 
אשר לא יליקים קרבים אליו, כהשם מליקים בכל קרבים אליו. Who is the Klai Yisrael that Hashem listens to them when they daven? Whenever they daven, Mechol Karayinu Elah. Ki mi goi godla, Shadoi lekim kreivim Elah. Hashem is close to them whenever they daven. The whole point of Purim, says the Rambam, says the Rambam. The Brisker Rav always says the Rambam on Purim. So that's the point of the day, you have to ask the Rambam. And, and he said, the point of Purim is to remember this point. That, that, that the point of Purim is that Tzvila gets answered, Bechol Karayinu Elah. What do you see there on Purim? What do you see there on Purim? What you see on Purim is an amazing thing. There's Tshuva and there's Tvila, and they're two separate things. There could be a matzav where Tshuva is not going to work. Because it's Chilul Hashem and there's no Tshuva for that. But that doesn't mean Hashem doesn't listen to Tvila. And that's a tremendous Yisrael. Chama never chapped that. He thought if Klai Yisrael deserve to get killed, they're, in the, you know, they're, they're slated for punishment, then they're finished. There's nothing they can do. No. Maybe there's not a matter that can do chuva, but tefillah still works. Tefillah still works. And that's the deal in the Apostle. Whenever we ask, we could be niggas on the mothers, we could be already condemned to die for an avera that tefillah not work, not work for, that doesn't mean tefillah is not going to work. And therefore the kayach of, the kayach of uh, Purim is to show you the power of tefillah even when there's exerim, even when there's no tefillah. And I look at an amazing thing. The, the, the comparison is mind-boggling. What, what did Mordechai get Esther to do? So go in front of the king in a way where you're going to be high of Mesa. Because whoever goes in the king's without an invitation, so you're going to go in front of the king in a situation where he's meant to kill you. And in that situation, you're going to ask him for a favor. Not just that he's not going to kill you, but in the situation where you have Misa, that's when you're going to ask for something. And that's exactly where Klai Yisrael were holding. It was a situation where they were Chayav Misa, and being in the situation of Chayav Misa, we're still going to ask for something. The parallel is unbelievable. Unbelievable, and that's what happened. As it goes in front of the king, not just as the king say he, he brings the Sharabit, he raises the scepter, but also, what do you want? What are you asking for? So whatever you want, I'll give you. That was the limit for us. A person can be high of Mesa. Forget about that. What are you asking for? And that was the, the Koyach of Tfilah. That the Koyach of Tfilah, which was Misgale, was that even when there's a gather of Xayla, but Tfilah can still be listened to. And that was the Koyach that the Tfilah had. Now, this is the completion of the story. We said before that there was two steps. The first one was that Thomas should get killed. Mordechai, Esther, whatever, both of them together, whatever their source was, they brought down home. The galaxy was for Mordechai, became the galaxy for him. The fact that the king thought he was attacking Esther means the king killed him. Whatever the reason was, Mordechai, Esther killed him. What about the Xer? What about the Xer? That uh, it was still there. So we see, but Tosef Esther, but the David of Amalek, but Tosef, but it's hard like it wasn't easy to get, it was harder to deal with Xerah than to deal with Homer. Like we see, because I was coming from a place in Shemayim, in Tevachai. That's what, now, how did the Tefillah work? How did the Tefillah work? We said that there's a Koyach that Tefillah is always listened to, that I can take away the Xerah. So we have a precedent for this in the Torah, something similar. And that was the Tefillah of Moshe ben Avtachet Ego. 
Klai Yisrael, after Chayv Ego, were in exactly the same position. They were Chayv Klai. And Hashem tells it to Moshe. He says, I'm going to destroy them. And Moshe davens and davens and davens. And what does it feel to help? Not to take away the exam. It fails for something else. Hashem says, I'm willing to give them time. I'm going to, the Chayta Egel's there. But I'm not going to do it right now. I'm willing to, Tfilah will work, but I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to wait. That was the Yisrael Vapurim also. That the Gzair was right now, Tfilah was going to get destroyed. What the Tfilah could do was at least clap with that to push off the Gzair. You can push off the Gzair. But now it hasn't dealt with the Gzair. It hasn't dealt with the reason for it. So what deals with that? So now, here's the Chachma. And this is the way out of the trap Haman made for them. We said, Haman did two things. Firstly, he made the Chilol Hashem. And then he made the Gzairah. And now it puts them in a position where they can't do Chilol. Because it's Chilol Meir. But Berego, the Gzairah is not immediate. So now it's not a Chilol Meir anymore. And he made it. We have a way out. And that's exactly what happens. Hodok Yiblo Vibayavav. Exactly what it says. Maybe Matantara originally was Mutehira. But Hodok Yiblo Vibayavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavav